<laughs> here with us is Aura, and she's here to talk about her life and being an indigo child and having her experience with UFOs. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up? Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And uh, well, I grew up in Romania for the first 13 years of my life. And then I moved to Sweden. And about myself is, I guess, the term indigo child, it's funny that you used it, because that's what someone told me about. I think I was in my 20s, and I didn't know what it meant. I had to Google it. And then suddenly everything made sense. And it resonated because I, my entire life, I never really felt like I fit in, like everything that has to do with humanity didn't make sense to me. The fact that we need money, the fact that we need, that we have war and greed and all this, and people need to own land. And I didn't get it. I didn't understand why people do this or why people fight. And I just, it never made sense to me. And so it's been tough growing up. And also I've been very much into the multidimensional essence of everything. I've been seeing spirits and shadow beings and what people call demons, I guess, uh, my entire life. The first experience that I remember was from the baby crib when I was a baby. And it kind of, it never scared me until I started watching movies like Paranormal Activity and Poltergeist and these things. <laughs> and that's when I... The fear started to kick in, and even though all the spirits that I was seeing were not decapitated with missing limbs and bleeding, I would see them exactly the way I see you and everybody else, completely not, not even see-through, uh, but it started to scare me, and then somehow, together with the depression and the anxiety of being a human being in a human body, having a human experience, I ended up, you know, going through uh psychiatries and <laughs> seeing all kinds of doctors that were telling me that I'm crazy so I didn't have this guidance of telling me you're a medium you you know have extrasensory um not abilities because we all have them so I never felt that I was special one thing that I always thought is I wish humans could see how amazing they are and how powerful they are and all of this kind of switched around the age of 25, which is around 2012. And I wasn't really aware of the whole shift that was happening globally back then. I actually found out a little bit later um, where I said, okay, I'm going to accept this. I, there's nothing else I can do. I'm here right now. It is what it is. And uh, somehow through the acceptance, everything started to shift um the shadow beings started to kind of fade away and uh, everything fell into place I guess the more I, I began I began to ground more and at the same time allow myself to explore the our multidimensionality in a healthy way and not in a fear-based way and uh yeah I guess we're here now and I'm trying to help everyone people understand that we're all capable of this. And even if you're, I don't know, you identify as a star seed or as non-human or as whatever you identify as, it is not a bad thing to have a human experience. It's just a matter of learning how to utilize the physical body and our multidimensionality and learn about it and yeah, learn to live like this while being yeah. present. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And yeah, you, know, you you mentioned too that your dad has written UFO books. Can you tell us a little bit more about his history in UFOs and his interests? Yes. Uh, he began to read UFO books during the communism in Romania. And it was something that was, you know, he would trade cigarette packages for books to read about UFOs. But in a way, everything that he wrote is very weird. It, you cannot read it anywhere else. And he doesn't resonate with anything. If I ask him about the Anunnaki, if he knows about that, he tells me, ah, that's just stories for children to go to bed. Or um, he wrote about New Earth in his last book. And I asked him, oh, cool. So you're also writing about New Earth. Did you hear about it? And he said, no, what do you mean? And I said, well, everybody's talking about New Earth and the change of consciousness and the shift and the event. And he said, no, I don't, I don't care about that. He has his own theories. He's in his own bunker under a stone. He doesn't really know what's going on in the world politically. No, wait, sorry. He's only interested in the politics and, and he's very much into, how should I say, the conspiracy theories which are more militant. He's been in the military, he's been in war, he's been doing all these things and he's not interested in anything that is, I want to say metaphysical, but that's wrong because he does acupuncture. He talks about energy and how important the energetic body is and our thoughts, how they affect our reality and our feelings. Uh, but he's not into Dolores Cannon. He never read anything from anyone. He's completely uninterested. And he doesn't, everything, like people are joking about him that he has a chip in his head. And it's funny that once around 2011, 2012, uh, when he was into writing his third book uh, and he was locked up in his room, he was trying to decode the number of God through genetics because he's a medical doctor as well. So the book is very scientifically loaded, genetically loaded. So it's a lot of, a lot of people cannot read the book because it's so heavy. It's, there's so much information. And you need a lot of background scientific information to be able to understand what he's writing about. And while he was in his room doing all this, trying to calculate the number of God, the genetic number of God, um, my mom and I, my mom was in her bedroom. I was in the living room of the same house. And all of a sudden we both started screaming because we saw UFO, like the one that looks right behind you, like the one in the image behind you, Dustin. Yes, exactly. Um, it's just weird because my mom saw a blue light. I saw a red light and it was hovering basically in our garden. It was right in front of our window in our garden. And we were both, I was screaming, dad, dad, dad. And my mom was screaming, get the camera, get the camera, get the camera. <laughs> but you know, by the time the typical story, right? By the time he realizes what's going on, it's already like whoosh, disappeared. So that was the first uh, close UFO encounter that we had. And I was wondering, are they here for my dad? Or are they here for me? Or what's happening? Because, <laughs> yeah, what is happening? Yeah, but it was it was interesting, fun, weird, and something that you never really talk about with anyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you, your dad sounds super interesting. He is. 
Yeah. Looks like. So I want to know more about the shadow beings that you talked about mm. you saw when you were younger. Tell me more. Ah, uh, they're also a fun subject because my entire life, every even though I had them roaming around me, I never believed in demons. I had other people who were also who could see multidimensionally beyond the veil. And they would tell me about demons. But I think that everything is a matter of perspective and a matter of feeling, I guess. So if we fear something, it automatically becomes a demon. It becomes a bad experience. If we are neutral to it or excited about it, it becomes something else. I'm always giving the analogy of the soup. Two people or five people or a hundred people could taste the exact same soup and have different opinions about the same soup. Mm -hmm. And these beings, when I was little, I wasn't really scared of them. Uh, first, I saw it in the crib, uh, kind of visiting me, but I feel like that was not connected to me. That was not my shadow being. And then at the age of four, um, I had a shadow being that was at the foot of the bed. And since then, that shadow being has followed me throughout my entire life. Wherever I went from Romania to Sweden, I then studied in uh, Spain. It was there with me. And then it came back to Sweden with me. And I had a lot of poltergeist activities. It was taking stuff out of the wall, uh, off the wall. It was uh, the worst ones were in Spain, where my partner at the time, he could also, it got so strong that he could also see it. So he was like, oh shit, you're talking about that being that is three meters tall. That, that's standing there in the hallway. And I say, yeah, that's that's the one that's coming around 3 a.m. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, living about in the apartment. And it was turning water faucets on and off. Um, the worst one was we woke up during the middle of the night because we heard a very loud bang and it literally ripped the thing out of the wall where you're to hold yourself in the shower so you don't slip. It ripped it out of the wall and it threw it against the, the door, which was on the other side of the shower in the bathroom. Oh, spooky. So, yeah, I mean, it was really bad. And I kept trying to get rid of it. I went to different mediums. I went to um, shamans, to oracles, to ask for help, to ask for advice. What can I do? It's not going away. And I've received so many different types of advices like I don't know, turn it into a ball and throw it out into the universe or exorcism type things rituals to do and nothing worked ever until um after I had my first QHHT session I uh understood it just came to me it's I I learned how to reconnect with myself with my higher self with my spirit with my spirit body I guess and I asked what can I do and the answer was well it's clearly hurting it's angry it's hurting it needs love so what I did is I said okay come here come here I'm just I'm here for you whatever it is that you need I'm here for you I'm here if you need to talk if you need whatever it is you need I'm here for you so 
the whole thing that I feared for 25 years, I just embraced. Actually, it was 29 years by that time. I just embraced it. And uh, 25 years total, yes, from four to 29. And that it never came back. It never came back. And in retrospective, I learned through, again, um, meditation and asking questions. What was that? Why did that happen for such a long time? I learned that it was, I was carrying so much pain in my own body that I needed, it was too much for my physical body to handle. So I created kind of like a second thing outside of me to carry out that pain. And it became my kind of like a shadow being that was my pain body. So every time when it was super powerful, it was the time that I was the most stressed in my life. I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping five hours a week and it was, I was out of my mind stressed. And that's when it started to show up for other people to see as well, not just me. Yeah. And yeah. That is quite interesting that you say that because here in Germany, we have this scientist, his name is Dr. Walter von Lukadu. Mm -hmm. And he's basically having the same opinion mm. about that almost. And he's saying that all these phenomena could be materializations of something that is within yourself. And um, sometimes it happens to younger people who yes. are 15, 16, you know, that time and uh, where you have a lot of problems typical teeny problems or maybe problems with your parents first girlfriend boyfriend whatever and um, sometimes it happens uh, to these uh, group of people but of course other people too and sometimes he says it has nothing to do with spirits ghosts demons it is a projection of something that is within yourself um yeah and i kind of like the idea it, I found yeah. it pretty interesting that you, yeah, that you mentioned it. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense if we think about the fact that unity consciousness and if we are all a fractal of source, that means that everything that is around us is equal to us. So everything else is a part of us. You are a part of me. I'm a part of you. This mouse is a part of me whether it's living or not the moment we can it we become conscious about it it becomes living even if it's a stone or whatever it is and even these plastic whatever is made out of concrete because people say go out in nature and meditate but even if you are in a concrete building it's still made out of natural resources it's just manufactured by human hands so it's still nature wherever you are so it's a matter of perspective where you think that you're in nature or not and everything is equal to you so that's why also these beings can never overpower us whether it's galactic beings or shadow beings or demons or whatever that's why also during sessions where when I'm having sessions and something evil comes up, right? And the client gets scared. I'm saying, no, look, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm holding your hand. It's fine. We can do this. And from a natural, um, sorry, neutral uh, state of being, we realize that we are equal. That means that nothing can overpower us. And if we meet that being, that essence with the understanding 
that it needs because hurt people hurt people, right? Or hurt beings hurt beings just because they're misunderstood. When we begin to understand them, we begin to release everything. We release them and we release ourselves. And that's freedom for everything because you cannot free yourself without freeing everything else around you. Sounds yeah. sounds very interesting. Sounds uh, very good. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I would disagree a little bit. <laughs> That's all Absolutely. right. That's all right. Yeah. Um, do you think poltergeist activities or ghost activities, people that see spirits, hear things, see things, do you think that all this can be explained by with what we just talked about, maybe? Or do you think this, these are separate phenomena? I don't think that anything is separate. I mean, yes, I think that uh, it can be definitely explained through this and like this. Even, I mean, when I'm seeing, uh, I want to say dead people, um, spirits or other beings, I've learned to understand throughout the years that everything is an extension of me. And even if it's someone else's grandpa or someone else's elemental aspect or elemental, like these, uh, what are they called? Um, uh, spirit animals or anything like that. The fact that I'm seeing it means that there's a connection there. It's grabbing my attention. And again, it's a reminder that we are all interconnected. So I don't think that there's anything actually that's separated from anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the most part. I Because we talked about, you said that you, at, at the time where you saw or, or felt uh, this, whatever it was, shadow being, let's call it shadow being, you mm -hmm. were in a stressful situation at the time and... Um, But there's people talk about haunted houses, haunted places where, yeah, where where ghost activities are, and there's nobody, and still we have ghost activities or poltergeist activities. So how can we explain that? I think that was my. Question. I I believe that nothing is black and white, and I also believe that. Uh, I mean, again, believe right? It's from from my experience that after someone passes away, they can remain stuck in the physical, energetically, they can remain stuck in the physical aspect, uh, realm, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just their spirit. And I do think I've observed this with my own grandma after she passed, that they are living loops over and over again. But at least in my grandma's case, I understood that it was related to my mom's guilt. So she was stuck here because my mom had certain guilt related to my grandma and they remain here in order to be observed, understood and released. So it's kind of, everything is an interconnected process again. So I also had another spirit in my room, in the house where I was living for a while in my parents' house. And, uh, The moment that I said, he kept bothering me. I say he, because it felt like a very imposing masculine energy that kept bother bothering me. And I said, look, whatever it is, I understand you. I offer you the love that you need. I'm here to just, like, I, 
to offer release, to offer understanding, and to let him know that even if whoever he was, uh, he had some beef with or whatever kept him there, uh, he has permission to move on. There's there's no need for him to stay here anymore. And I have a feeling that this, just from my own experience, that this is what they need, what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. They can be angry, they can be lost, they can be just, I mean, stuck in the human emotion of it all. But I also understood that as most souls cross over, they have a way wider perspective of everything. So the things that they used to be very attached to in their human lives and the perspective that they used to have in their human lives, in their human shapes are no longer, are dissolved and are no longer an issue such as, I don't know, political, cultural and this type of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Let's uh, come back to the UFO stuff for a second and I want to know more about how you are connected to all this UFO stuff. Tell us more about it. Oof. Um, I kind of got connected to it because I ran away from it for the longest part of my life. And I didn't really want uh, wanted to have anything to do with it. Uh, and I got connected through meditation. Um, it was unintentional. Uh, I was doing Brian Weiss's uh, hypnotherapy uh, sessions, which are available on YouTube for free. So I was doing that and meditations. And then I started seeing myself as a Lyran. I started seeing different aspects of myself, Syrian, and I began to connect to ancient Egypt beings, both through dream and meditations. And I didn't know who they were. It was so crazy because I, even though I've been having the ankh that I'm wearing since the age of seven, uh, I never really looked into ancient Egypt. I felt I felt a weird connection, but I never studied it. So when Anubis came to me for the first time, I had to Google what is that a human with dog head? And you know, so it was very weird. Same happened with um, Ganesh. I didn't know who he was, the elephant being, and I had to Google all that. And all these things came to me with messages from them and they kept sticking around and the more confirmation I was finding through the internet that I'm not going crazy also the more beings began to, be, began to appear and the more messages I began to I guess um, reach or or be open to I guess um, yeah and then I don't, it was Andromedan it was um, all types of beings also beings that I've never heard of. Uh, and I felt very weird about that, uh, discovering them also through meditations, discovering my soul's origins. And that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing now, which is called Origins Integration, because the moment that I discovered them, I it was so liberating. And at the same time, I felt crazy because I never heard about this species of beings before until two years later when I met a person and he he said, uh, hey, Aura, can we connect? I need to talk to you. And I said, yes, of course. And he just immediately opened up about these things, but in, in a very coded way. 
And he kept asking me what I feel. And I described the whole situation to him, how these beings look like, where they're coming from, what's happening. And he was like, this is secret information. You shouldn't know this. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, but it's just, it just came through meditation. I, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> um, and he was saying that there's very little people knowing about this. I mean, it, it became very weird, but at the same time, I was very relieved that I had confirmation that I'm not going crazy. And yeah, so through meditation, I got into this whole thing, which I also found liberation through. You talked about the ankh that you wear. Do you believe yes. in, uh, do you really believe in the power of the, these lucky charms or talisman? You, do you yes think? Yeah. and no. Yes and no. Because it matters, everything can be powerful. If I say this candle is going to save my life, it's going to save my life. Whatever you believe, whatever you give power to, it becomes that. But you have to believe it with your entire being. You have to know that. So if you know that the ank is going to be a protective talisman or whatever, bring you prosperity, bring you all types of things and provide all, same with crystals. If you believe in them, they're amazing. If you don't, they're also amazing, but we just don't believe that they're going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I have a few of those healing stones. It's called healing stones. They come in all colors and shapes. And a friend of mine, he sells them and she gave me a few as a present. And uh, I keep them with me because it means something to me because it's from her. And um, I I don't know if I if I would say they have certain powers, but um, like you said, if you if you believe they have, they will. You're you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Those healing stones are have a nice look to them, but you can also pick up a rock from the street, which is not uh, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you can, if you believe he will save you, um, he will. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. Dustin, do you? So does that does that fall into the quantum healing too? Like yes. the, just the fact that like you can basically heal yourself if you put your mind to it. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That and also remembering the fact that the body heals itself so if you have a cut you don't have to think about oh my god heal 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 it will heal by <laughs> itself so yeah. when it comes to quantum healing is mostly getting the logical mind out of the way because it's mostly about feeling it's the same mm -hmm. with manifestation right why right. doesn't the law of attraction work in manifestation because people keep wanting i want i want i want but they feel that they don't have so you, no matter how much you want, while well, feeling that you don't have, it's never going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And feeling that you don't have will also make you take, even though you take action, you're going to still take it loaded with the feeling that you don't have, with resentment for those who do have, and so on and so forth. So it's about getting the mind out of the way, the logical mind out of the way, and sticking with the intuition sticking with the feeling, sticking with that, because the body heals itself. Mm -hmm. Anything is possible. I mean, people have healed stage four cancer through quantum healing sessions. So, it's like Dr. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, Marvel. I'm very, I want to fix my hands. <laughs> yeah. I'm very careful with stuff like that. The people healed themselves from stage four cancer by quantum healing. I don't know because we don't know. If Absolutely. Quantum healing. Oh, I, I was, um, I was. It's the same with quantum physics, right? It's been very woo woo yeah. for a hundred years. Nobody believed in it. And now we have free energy and 
you yes. know yeah. science sure. is advancing slowly but surely so everybody is absolutely entitled true. To everything so, soon enough we'll have cars running on water <laughs> we had that we had that <laughs> We did, and yes, they killed yes. that guy. And they took it from us. They took, <laughs> they it took him. Us. They took they him. Killed him at a the Kraken Barrel. They killed him at. Who knows? Who knows? That's. I think it was. He got poisoned out in the parking lot. He screamed and said, "I got poisoned." And he died. Yeah. Let's Crazy. grab our tinfoil hats and talk about it. <laughs> but, Aura, <laughs> you, you have a you have a YouTube channel yourself. So at some point, you decided to go out. And present your stuff to the world. Was uh, why did you um, make that, that decision? And what is your content on YouTube? It's mostly because I want to make this work available for everyone. So now I'm doing my best. It's not easy for me to talk to a camera alone. And you probably know it's. I don't see any difference between talking on a stage alone and holding a one-hour discourse or talking in front of the camera alone and holding a one hour discourse monologuing for an hour. So um, it's, uh, it's not my forte, but uh, I want to bring out this work into the world because I want people to know that literally anything and everything is possible. And even if you might think, and with you, I mean, general you might think that it's not so probably hopefully at one point in your life you will realize that it is and uh, I don't want quantum healing to be something that is luxurious only for the rich available only for those who you know have money to do the sessions so I'm trying to bring out on YouTube available to everybody that has internet um, pieces of it and even sessions half an hour an hour long sessions that where I'm basically monologuing so it's like group sessions but uh available for everyone that wants to do this type of work or at least try it out mm -hmm. yeah interesting so let us know what your YouTube channel is called and maybe some other you have a, you have a website tell us what the website is called and tell us everything where people can mm -hmm. find you Uh, my YouTube channel is Aura Universe, two different words, uh, Y-O-U, Universe. And my website is also AuraUniverse.com. And everything else, social media, Instagram, also Aura Universe, except for Facebook, where it's my full name, Aura Moldovan, because Facebook rules didn't allow me to have oh. something that's not my name. Yeah, in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Facebook. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so Aura, that was great. And thank you for being, awesome. our, being our guest today. It was great. We will put your infos in the in the description box, of course. And yeah, like I said, thank you for being our guest. And I hope we can meet again and talk some more if you want to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. Thank <laughs> You're you. You're welcome. Please <laughs> stay with us for two more minutes, okay? Yes. <laughs>